Thanks for listening to this episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis, your movie trivia and discussion podcast. Please don't forget to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash screenfacts. Let us know if you have any comments or questions. You can also tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. Please subscribe for free in the iTunes store to automatically get new episodes every Wednesday. Well, joining me on this podcast once again is my good friend, Eric Wrights. Hello, sir. Hi, Jason. How are you? Good. Welcome back. Uh, Glad to have you with me again. Oh, I'm so psyched. I appreciate uh, you coming in and taking the time out, as always. Uh, We are going to talk about a movie that is turning 35 this year. Oh, my God. Why do we keep picking these movies that only make me feel older and older and older? Because, well, we are older and older and older. (laughs) But honestly, these are the best movies ever made, in my opinion. You know, the 80s definitely was just its own world, its own genre. Absolutely. let's just get into them. So the movie we're going to talk about was released June 26, 1981. It's a classic comedy. Stripes. Yes, indeed. Stripes starring Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, John Candy, PJ Soule, Sean Young, John Larroquette, Judge Reinhold, and Warren Oates, who sadly died of a heart attack a little less than a year after the film was released. Which is ironic because in the original cut, they were going to have him actually die oh wow in the movie that would have sucked yeah and he was going to be replaced by his twin brother bob hulka oh brother which yes thankfully they That's didn't convoluted. do that well Big and i time. think that goes to the original was going to be you know a cheech and chong film which we'll yeah, talk about we'll talk about that so this was the first movie for harold ramis judge reinhold and sean young columbia pictures hated Harold Ramis' screen test. But Mm -hmm. Ivan Reitman, the director, said he hired him anyway because he knew that he would bring out the best in Bill Murray because they were good friends. And apparently Murray also, aside from being good friends, he also apparently had this kind of feeling that Ramis should have been on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I believe that. And I bet he would have been awesome. Yeah, he came from that Second City crew. So absolutely. He was genius. That guy, man, he did a lot of... I mean, people don't even realize, you know, you see him in a lot of these co-starring roles with Murray... Mm-hmm. But he wrote and directed so many great movies. Well, I think he wrote or he was involved in uh, Animal House. Yeah. When he, he was, was like the early 20s or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Yeah. That's on your resume is one of the first things you've ever done. <laughs> Brilliant. Not bad. Now, I also read that John Larroquette, this was his first movie too. Oh, I didn't realize that. So I mentioned that directed by Ivan Reitman, who of course has a, a great resume. And the writing team of this movie, Len Bloom, Dan Goldberg, and Harold Ramis were uh, all writers on Meatball. Mm-hmm. which uh, is another Bill Murray-Ivan Reitman film, which mm-hmm. we've talked about on this very podcast. Go back. Yeah. It's uh, quite a few episodes back. Mm-hmm. I did that episode with Sue. Goldberg actually also went on to produce a lot of stuff, including Old School and all three Hangover movies. So, okay. uh, you know, people that were involved in this movie are involved in a lot of great comedies. Let's yeah. just put it that yeah. way. Estimated budget of $10 million, domestic gross of $85.3 million. It was the fifth most popular movie of 1981. $85.3 million in 1981 for a comedy? That's phenomenal. That's a lot of money. It is. I mean, that's phenomenal for back then. Then, but it only cost $10 million, so... Yeah, I mean... Then Bill know, Murray wasn't getting, like, $10 million a pop Exactly, at that time. yeah. So that's why they kept letting uh, Ivan Reitman make movies, I guess. Because <laughs> Meatballs was successful, too, and then mm-hmm. this. I mean, that's probably why he was able to get... Ghostbusters greenlit a couple of years after this, which was mm-hmm. at the time, I think, one of the most costly comedies because of all the special mm-hmm. effects. Well, yeah, it's funny when you talk about special effects because this movie didn't have special effects to it, but they needed to get certain things done. One of the things was when they're in the EM50, you know, the <laughs> urban assault vehicle, when those panels come down mm-hmm. over the front windows to mm-hmm. protect them. Right. 
there's a, a guy like hanging on top oh, of really? the roof just pushing them down. Oh, how funny. <laughs> That's all it was. So one of the things that I, I want to talk about is the music. Oh, I love the music. The music is by Elmer Bernstein, another guy with a resume that's a mile long. This okay. guy, uh, he scored a lot of the great comedies of this time period. In addition to Stripes, he did Animal House, Meatballs, Airplane, Trading Places, Ghostbusters, and a whole bunch of others. Wow. You go, well, gee, the scoring, that's not really a big deal. But it, it actually is, especially in sure. this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I was thinking there's a couple of scenes in the movie in particular. One that immediately comes to mind is when he goes back to his apartment in the beginning and his girlfriend walks out on him. Yeah. She leaves and then you hear the music and then... Depression, depression sets in. in. And it's da 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 na 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 It's that a great piano. piece of music. Yeah. It was like, uh, yeah, it sounded like a sad walk. Yes. piano. Exactly. It really did. And, and it really elevates the scene. Right. You know and, that? and the the march music, the marching music. Yeah, I mean, that really makes the movie. Some of that stuff's in the background, like you said, with the girlfriend. You're waiting for me to say it, aren't you? Go ahead. There was boobage. Yeah, that was the first boobage in the movie. It was like really gratuitous. Oh, I mean, totally. come on. There was absolutely totally. no reason. Right. I mean, she was very cute and the whole thing, but so by the right. way, I'm pretty sure Stripes was the first rated R movie that I, I saw in the theaters. I guess it was mine too, yeah. Yeah, I mean it wasn't the first boobs, the first boobage. Right. We've established that in, in a previous podcast. I think Airplane, like airplane. was the first. Yeah, right, for um <laughs> right. But my brother would probably argue that Hooper was the first rated R movie that we saw in the theaters. But my memory is that I saw Hooper on HBO. Okay. I could be wrong, but I have a very distinct memory of seeing Stripes in a theater because it was a a theater in uh, Kinelon here in New Jersey. It exists as something else now. It's still a theater, but it's run by a different group of people. Right, Um, But back then, it was a theater that showed second-run movies. So I don't think I saw Stripes when it first came out Mm -hmm. in the theaters. It was a movie theater at the time that maybe charged a buck or two to see a movie. One of those kind of things, which doesn't exist anymore that I know of. Well, I was 16. I saw it with you know my high school buddies, the same one that I saw all these other you know corny 80s movies with. So it's um, great, yeah. And we were expecting to have a really good time because oh, yeah. we knew Bill Murray. We were Saturday Night Live fans, so we were just this is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, you know, the great thing we just about didn't this... expect boobage like 20 minutes in, <laughs> 10 minutes into it. We were like, wow, bonus. While we're on the subject of boobage. I mean, you know, obviously when, when his girlfriend Anita, you know, she just, right. boom, you know, right there. And like mm-hmm. you said, there's really no reason for it other than to have boobs in the movie. Right, yeah. And I'm not that I'm complaining. No, I'm not going <laughs> to complain. We'll get to it a little bit yeah. later. While we're on the subject of boobage, we're going to jump ahead <laughs> in the movie a little bit and talk about John LaRoquette's scene where he's looking oh. through the the, uh, the telescope. Oh, my god! At the, at the women showering on the base. Well, and you know what? But to me, that was not just gratuitous. Right. To me, that was very critical boobage. We needed to see that yes. so we could see what a total schmuck he really was <laughs> yeah. and build his character. You know, at the beginning of the movie, they're spending time for us to get to learn about um, John Winger and, mm-hmm. you know, Zitsky, and mm-hmm. we needed to learn about Larroquette. Yeah. Now, I, Captain that was Stillman. a great way to do it. <laughs> it's like, and the whole thing when he's like, oh, I wish I was a loofah. <laughs> yeah. Reitman didn't know what a loofah was. I know, I, that, which I found kind of interesting. Yeah. Larroquette claims to have been drunk in many of his scenes, too. So, <laughs> Right. And also, like, right, he banged, his, he broke his nose yeah. running into a door at one point. I guess we're just going to talk all about Larroquette for a minute. <laughs> so so um, he improvised all the dialogue while he's watching the girls in the shower. Okay. So and then he's got that other scene. Where mm-hmm. he's uh, got the little play uh, army oh, yeah. men set. Yeah, and he's got the, <laughs> the, the tank with the... <laughs> 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 
somebody blows it up. It's like, <laughs> so funny. That was great. He's such a great, dopey guy. You know, he yeah, plays it so yeah. Sue and I had a chance to meet him. Uh, we saw him on Broadway in a show uh, a few years ago. And after the show, we, we met him outside afterwards. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Super nice yeah. guy. Very, very gracious. He's a um, big guy, too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's tall. He's, he's really like tall. tall as you. Probably. Pretty yeah. close, but uh, but really nice guy, and what an amazing actor he is. You know, people don't even realize how talented that guy is. But yeah, because yeah. I've, I've only seen him like you know in Stripes and right. Night Court, so never really seen his real acting chops. But yeah, he, you mentioned he broke his nose during the filming of this. Mm-hmm. There's a scene in the movie where. <laughs> Bill Murray. Who the fuck's my truck? <laughs> exactly. Is it that one? Yeah, that's <laughs> He goes to, to show off the EM50 to this floozy that yeah, he's dating. Right. And he comes running out when the, he realizes that the RV is missing. Right. And he slams through the door. Where the fuck's my truck? So they the first take, the door swung open, no problem. They right. got it, and it was great. Mm-hmm. But Ivan Reitman was like, we should do another take just to make sure, you know, for safety that we have a second take. Sure, no problem. They do it. But he forgot to check the latch on the door. So Larroquette comes barreling through and he hits the door. The door doesn't open. (gasps) Bang. Breaks his nose. Goes down. And they got it all on film. You know, you can't see the footage anywhere. But so then he gets up. He's like, I think I'm okay. Just give me a minute to, to compose myself. And he says, Reitman's face just turned white. And he looks at him. Yeah. And he's got blood shooting out of his nose oh, where his nose is no. broken. Oh, man. And so they had to obviously stop filming for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They patched him up. They fixed him, whatever. And then they had to put all kinds of makeup on him for yeah. the rest of filming because of that. Well, you know, and you do see scenes like I'm thinking when they were in the truck going into uh, Czechoslovakia, like mm-hmm. his nose looks wider. It, it looks bigger. Yeah. So, oh, man. That's rough. Well, it's all about getting hurt. Also, when they were filming the scenes when they're on the confidence course, Mm -hmm. at one point, Reitman thought it'd be funny for some of the characters to surprise Hulk and just like jump on him Mm -hmm. and and land in the mud. Well, he got really pissed off. Warren Oates, he broke a tooth and he just started yelling at Reitman. He's like, don't ever do that to me again. I'm a professional, (laughs) you know, and the whole thing. And, um, and Bill Murray, he said that just in general, he was in awe of Warren Oates. He's just, you know, his acting was great. Yeah, he was the uh, the gravitas, as they say, mm-hmm. uh, in this movie. I mean, he was the like the real serious actor that kind of yeah. held everything together in the confrontation with him and Bill Murray. Oh, in the bathroom. Yeah. Columbia Pictures wanted that edited out of the film. They said, stupid, uh, it's stupid. <laughs> they said it was just too serious. And Reitman fought for it. He said, no, yeah. it, it's necessary because it shows, you know, this guy's for real mm-hmm. and we got it. We have to have that aspect too. I think it's kind of appropriate that the pissing contest between uh, Winger and Hulka takes place in the latrine too. Ah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> another little detail in that scene I thought was awesome when he's saying to Winger, hey, I bet you want to take a swing at me. And Winger's, mm-hmm. I'd like to take a big swing at you, Sarge, yeah. but I want to end up in the stockade. And he says, I'll take off my hat. Mm-hmm. And when he takes his hat off, mm-hmm. he puts it down slowly in front of his face mm-hmm. so he can't see Winger. Right. To me, that is speaking volumes That's about like saying, just I'm not afraid strong. of you. I'd, exactly. Yeah, I don't, You're I, a punk. Yeah. You really are. Yeah, I'm not afraid of you at all. Let's I thought talk, that let's was talk about the swing that he takes at Hulka, too. How lame is what? that? Yeah. He's got one hand in his pocket. Right. If right. you're going to take a shot at a drill sergeant, you know, you got to get in a fighting stance at least. Oh, right? definitely. And this, maybe he thought, oh, you know, I can. He's an older guy. He's, blah, right. Blah, blah. He's yeah. slow and old. And yeah, I'm a young guy. I can swing at it him. It is a great scene. It's, it it's was almost, very important. I'm really glad they kept it. Yeah. It's almost reminiscent of something from an officer and a gentleman, but in mm. a comedic way. 
Yeah, yeah. But, but it was serious. Yeah, that and latrine it, is kind of a, like a bathroom of nightmares, too. Who <laughs> wants to sit on a toilet and shit in front of people without stalls? Uh, you know? I've I know be, that's what it is in the Army, probably. I've been in schools like that, oh, too, so. No way, man. Yeah. That freaked me out. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> the great thing about this movie is that there was just a ton mm-hmm. of improvisation in the movie. Sure. And some of the stuff, you, you can't even believe that it's improvised. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the dialogue where they sit around and they tell their backstories when they're right. first introducing themselves, you know, including when Bill Murray says, Lee Harvey, you are a <laughs> madman. Mad when you and your friend stole that cow <laughs> and, and your, your friend, friend tried to make it with the cow. I want to party with you. <laughs> it's like. Like, that's all from Bill Murray. He went and he thought that out. Yeah. I don't know how they kept a straight face. They must have either done a lot of takes or like they're all just super professional. And that's great. And that kid that was playing Lee Harvey, Harvey, I mean, just had that straight face the whole time. And then he's just that that big, goofy smile. (laughs) And we never we never hear from him throughout the whole movie. Mm -hmm. But the whole bit about uh, Sergeant Holko being the big toe toe. and all that, that was all improvised, which is amazing to me. And I love how when John Candy is telling his backstory about Mm -hmm. how, like, you know, he was trying to get involved in one of those programs like est or one of those yeah, things that yeah and then, <laughs> you got an aggression training program yeah, aggression training. here and then when it's like when, what six to eight weeks and then harold ravis is sitting next to him and he's kind of reacting with this goofy right, face it's right. so funny well just the whole thing when you know ox is saying you know that uh you know as you could tell my doctor says i i swallow a lot of aggression Along with a lot of pizza, <laughs> and he's made you know throughout the and, movie. You know, I have a little bit of a weight problem. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> when we first see him, yeah, he's getting loaded up on the uh, the bus. The bus. He's got a drink in his hand and everything, and goes up to um, one of the MPs. Know, one of the MPs. Yeah, and he's like, "Excuse me, stewardess, <laughs> is there a movie on this plate?" <laughs> it's like, ah, and he laughs at himself. So it funny. was so great. Yeah, and all through the movie, his yeah. his quotes about oh, great. his quote when he's teaching the dumb guy, that guy John Deal. Yeah was a method actor. Yes. And so his whole thing was he tried to really be dumb. Yeah, he stayed in character the whole time. <laughs> How annoying. I mean, yeah. we, we talked about that. Yeah. Do you really need... It's it's pretty be effective. In, but come on, how hard is it to play dumb? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I do it all the time. <laughs> well, some people argue I'm not playing. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> and um, well, just some of the other things he said, like when he was teaching the guy how to play poker... Oh, yeah, yeah. Let me see your cards. Yeah. And he's looking at the card. Oh, that's a good hand. If it was me, I'd go all in. But, yeah. you, know. you know, I'm an aggressive gambler. Yeah. Oh, that's me, Mr. Vegas. <laughs> and then when they're in Germany. <laughs> the bunks. The bunk thing. He's like, wait, wait, no, 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 no. What are you doing? They're in Italy. When they're in Italy. They're in Italy. That's we right. Were, we're in Italy. So the guy who's on the top bunk makes the guy on the bottom uh-huh. bunk's bed. If we were in Germany, it'd be the other way around. Right. It, it's just regulation. <laughs> you know, we didn't talk anything about um, uh, Judge Reinhold. Yes. Because, uh, and, and the whole thing about this movie actually starting out as a Cheech and Chong. Yeah, let's talk about that. Originally, okay. what happened was this movie, uh, Ivan Reitman was with Dan, was it? Dan, Dan Goldberg. Goldberg, one of the other writers. Yeah. They were just talking about what they were going to do for another project. And one of them said, Cheech and Chong joined the yeah. army. Oh, great. That's a good idea. Yeah. It sounded like a winner, right? Mm-hmm. And it probably would have been. Yeah. They yeah. approached Cheech and Chong's manager about it. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that'd, be a, that'd be great. However, <laughs> yeah. Cheech and Chong's manager tried to swindle a deal where they would pretty much own Ivan Reitman outright after that. Anything, oh, that, he yeah. would, anything that he would do, His Cheech and Chong. His next five films. Yeah, they like would they would get a piece part. of it for, what, for whatever reason. Because Cheech and Chong at that time 
were pretty popular. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, Up in Smoke was like 1978, I right. want to say. And then they had a pretty good run for a while. And then they had right. albums that were successful. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he probably thought he had leverage to to really try and get a lot of money out of the deal. Right. And Ivan Reitman obviously was like, well, I'm not going to sell the rest of my career for just to work yeah, with right. Cheech and Chong. Right. So it never came to fruition. And then it was rewritten for mm-hmm. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis and everybody else involved. Yeah. And well, and I read that, you know, the Judge Reinhold character, he was supposed to kind of like be the stoner for some reason. And they they thought to kind of keep that stoner influence in the movie. Yeah, he all the all the like best stoner jokes yeah. kind of became Judge Reinhold's right. character. But there's so few. So getting back to uh, to some of the other stuff that was improvised in the movie, which is mm-hmm. you know mind boggling to me. Yeah. Uh, the whole speech that Bill Murray gives when they're trying to practice for graduation, the old Yeller oh, speech, yes. I call it. Yes. That was all improvised. No. All improvised. Really? Yep. Which that is amazing. Is... The whole, you know, everything in that is oh, great. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's saying we are not Watusi. We are yeah. not Spartans. Right. It's amazing. We're just soldiers, but we're American soldiers. I, I, you know, when I say improvise, I'm sure it wasn't like the cameras are rolling and he just came out with that. Right. right. He probably had basic thoughts, right, you right. know, ahead of time before they started shooting the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And then... When the cameras are rolling, he just kind of augmented that. Yeah, I mean, and that's I, just incredible. To yeah, me. I could see like when he's saying, you know, we're not Spartans, Watusi, blah, blah, blah. I said, but yeah. we're, we're mutts. Yeah. And then he goes up and he feels the guy's nose. <laughs> There's proof it's cold. All right. I Obviously, that could be an ad lib, but yeah. what a great ad lib. Oh, yeah. And I just love the things, you know, and what does that mean? We all, our forefathers, were all kicked out of every decent country in the world. The funny thing is that uh, in an interview with Judge Reinhold on the DVD, he referred to Bill Murray as being the comic Elvis. Oh, really? He said he was so intimidated at first, you know, working with him. He he met him for the first time. He's like, hi, Bill, I'm Judge. I just want to say I'm a huge fan of your work. Mm -hmm. And Bill Murray went up to him and he grabbed his face and squished his cheeks. He goes, is that annoying? Just so weird. Bill Murray has a reputation for being so peculiar. That's like a heartfelt kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think I've read too much about people saying he's hard to work with. It's just that, like, if he's supposed to be in a movie, a lot of times he won't show up or they won't know if he's going to show up until, like, they start filming, literally. And this movie was the same thing that happened on Meatballs. Mm -hmm. And this movie, they had no idea if he was going to show up. Yeah, so like they started filming. It was the third day of filming <laughs> when he did show up. It's and, amazing. And his excuse was, I was watching baseball. Because he's a gargantuan Cubs fan. So funny. Yeah. Poor guy. He's a huge fan. So he's another big baseball fan. Another thing that was improvised, too, was the Aunt Jemima treatment. That whole scene <laughs> in the kitchen when they right. go into Barnicky's house. Barnicky? Barnicky. He owes me money. Yeah. <laughs> So funny. <laughs> but they get in the kitchen and he and right. PJ Souls are in there. And then everything that happens in that scene is all improvised. Yeah. She had no idea what was coming. And then he puts her on the stove. The stove. And Aunt then Jemima. the, the Aunt Jemima treatment with the spatula. And then the roller on the thighs. Yeah. And then. And then, then the truck. the ice cream scoop. The ice cream yeah. scoop. Oh, oh, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> yeah. oh. She was yeah. great. She played it off perfectly. Very cool. She so. was in uh, Private Benjamin, too, like I think mm-hmm. the year before this. And right. they said that it, she actually used the same costume in this movie that she did in that. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'll help keep the budget down, right? Yeah, I guess. Save a few bucks. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but she, um, PJ Souls and Bill Murray went through basic training with real troops at Fort Knox for a few days, too. So, yeah. you know, they, it's kind of cool that they, they went in there and they kind of felt what it felt like to sure. go through this. You know, I, one thing I did want to bring up with Bill Murray and the whole baseball thing, mm-hmm. he actually played pro baseball. 
Did he? He did. He played for a minor league team called the Gray Harbor Loggers in 1978. Gray Harbor Loggers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It was during the uh, summer break from Saturday Night Live. Okay. And he played for five weeks mm-hmm. and he got a hit. He got a single. That's amazing. So there you go. So do what did he? Do what did he? Hey, we're walking. Yeah. Um, that that actually um, has become a real cadence that mm-hmm. that military uses when they're marching. We did it. In there the... she was, just, just a walking, walking down the street, singing. And we did so that funny. in Boy Scouts. That's so funny. But mm-hmm. you probably did it because of this movie, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't have come with that on my own. No, yeah. not at all. So that song, originally recorded in the U.S. by the Exciters in late 1963, Man for Man had a number one hit with it in July 1964. Oh, 1964. Yeah. I'm thinking of Man for Man of the 70s. That's the same Man for Man. Really? Yeah. Uh, The same ones that did Blinded by the Light. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's weird. Well, if you think about it, in 1964, the music scene was a lot different than the 70s when they did well, yeah. uh, um, Blinded by the Light, which is a Springsteen, Springsteen. song. Mm-hmm. The scene where Winger throws the keys to the cab into the Ohio River. Let's talk right, about the right. whole, everything that happens right. with, when he's taking so that starting, lady in the cab. We're finally starting at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> we're back to the beginning. <laughs> We've been we're here like, half an hour. We're like, a, we're like a Quentin Tarantino movie. We do the end of the movie first and then go back to the beginning. He's a bum, let's face it. Yeah. Winger's, you know, yeah. He's just kind of a guy that bounces around. Drifting, doesn't have direction. Yeah. And it's funny because in the movie he says, you know, if I don't get in shape, I'm going to be dead before I'm I'm 30. 30. Mm -hmm. And you look at him, you go, Jesus, he's not even 30. You're not 30 yet? Yeah. In real life, he was 31 when they were filming this. Right. uh, Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. But you look at him and he looks a whole hell of a lot older than 30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because he's kind of out of shape and he's, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That whole sequence with that lady... First, oh, with the rich lady. Yeah, uh, the rich lady. Uh, when he picks, yeah, when he picks her up and mm-hmm. uh, he gets her bags. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, he wanted the bags to yeah. actually be heavy, so yeah. they they filled them up real heavy. <laughs> and, and when he opens the trunk uh-huh. and he's trying to heave it in, yeah, and at one point it bounces back and hits him. Yeah, and, the and he says, "Oh my balls!" Like yeah. that was real. That was real. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to, Oh man. That was fantastic. And I love driving around. Yeah. And she's like, you're going too fast. You're going too fast. He's like, you know, it's not the speed so much. Just wish I didn't drink all that cough syrup this morning. I love it. Madam, perhaps you'd like to eat your luggage. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that hurts. That hurts coming from you, ma'am. And I don't think I want to take your Your abuse abuse anymore. anymore. And I don't think I want to drive you or your bags to the airport. And he just pulls over on the bridge. Yeah. Then he gets out, walks to the edge of the bridge. Uh He's got his keys. Tosses him into the river. Yeah, which is the Ohio River. And supposedly that's where Muhammad Ali claims to have thrown away his Olympic gold medal in that same river. Oh, really? Yeah. We got to talk about the mud wrestling stuff. Oh. (gasps) More boobage. Wow. (laughs) And he goes for it, too. John Candy, Mm -hmm. like, he's completely covered in mud. And, you know, to this day, I can't hear Rubber Band Man by The Spinners and not think of that scene. There's some songs that you just associate with a scene in a movie Mm -hmm. because it's so... Apropos. Yeah, I guess, you know. <laughs> Rubber band man. All right, so then he jumps in. So, yeah. And the girls they're are- They're biting him and kicking him in the stomach, and they're, right. they're, really, they're really working him over. Oh, it's horrible. Great. And Murray's like, hey, what kind of place you're running here? <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, really. <laughs> what do you think? What kind of place? <laughs> all the girls get on top of him. It's like, oh, all right, I guess that's how it ends. But no. No. Not before Rising we see Rising from more. the ashes. Boobage. Boobage. <laughs> 
Like the great phoenix. Muddy, the great phoenix. We see mud-covered boobies That's right. come flying out. And I love when they're confronted by uh, Captain Stillman afterwards when they're in front of the barracks. <laughs> and and uh, Judge Reinhold has the death before death disco, before switch, disco. sweatshirt on. And he's just like a John Candy and he's covered in dry mud. <laughs> so funny. It's like, so what happened? Well, well yeah, it's a really crazy story, see? <laughs> we were on our way to the bingo parlor. <laughs> And the directions kind of got screwed up. And, well, <laughs> One thing led to another. And <laughs> Shut up. He's so funny. So funny. Larrakhead's like, you men are a disgrace. You know, like, he's one to talk. Yeah, you know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump ahead to graduation. I thought it was really cool. They actually spent like two mm-hmm. weeks learning that drill. Yeah, that when they finally yeah they did worked it. with a choreographer and everything to do yeah. that whole um, sequence, mm-hmm. and you know of course again a classic line. Am I to understand that you completed your training on your own? That's, that's the, the fact, fact Jack. Jack. Yeah, for years. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah, and the whole when they come in, you know, they're doing the boom chugga <laughs> boom chugga 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 yeah. boom chugga lugga lugga. Oh, so funny. Mm-hmm. So the last thing they say, the last thing they kind of shout out as a platoon, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy <laughs> dog, dog, which is a sentence. Right. That used to be used when, when typewriters and telegraph machines were a thing, which they probably aren't anymore because everything's okay. digital. That used to be used to test them because it contains every letter in the alphabet, oh. that sentence, which there is kind of interesting. You have the X and the Z. Exactly. Okay. So do you have any other notes that, of stuff that we didn't talk about? Well, I liked how the movie has, feels like it has two very definite parts to it. Yes. You know, when they finish graduation, mm-hmm. that feels like that's the curtain on act one. Right. You know, and then you move into... Italy. Italy, and that's a whole new act And then eventually Czechoslovakia. Well, and there you go. There's like one of the biggest quotes that me and my friends always did was when they realized that their platoon Mm -hmm. is looking for them and is captured, Winger's like, we have to go save them. And of course, Ramus is like, no, no. Just like when Murray wanted to take the EM-50 to go visit the girls. I love that scene, by the way. He's like, come on, we can take the girls. No. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, I'll no. drive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now you got the same thing happening. And uh, and it was cool that, you know, they had Zitsky reading the manual. So, mm-hmm. all right, we have a little frame of reference that he does know something about this. Yeah, he's like, you can't believe what this thing can do. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so cool. I, mean, I remember the first time seeing the movie and, and all the different things that the EM-50 does. Mm-hmm. You're like, what a cool vehicle. I oh, want one. Awesome. I definitely want one. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a GMC. Yeah. Winger's like... Come on, it's in Czechoslovakia. It's not like we're going into Moscow. It's Czechoslovakia. Come on, it's like going into Wisconsin. I got the shit kicked out of me in Wisconsin once. Like, come on, we zip in, we zip out. <laughs> you could almost imagine Bill Murray and Harold Ramis getting into some sort of hijinks in real life where that kind of thing goes on, where mm-hmm. Bill Murray talks him into something that he doesn't really want to do. Yeah, probably. Because it seems like the dynamic that those characters have in the movie is probably similar to the dynamic that they had as friends in real life. Sure, I could definitely see that. Yeah. So, uh, anything else? No, my brain's full. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Actually, my brain's empty now. I poured it all out. <laughs> poured it all out. Stripes, 35 years old this year. <gasps> and you know what? It holds up beautifully. Oh, yeah. Because it's Bill Murray, it's Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. and it's Ivan Reitman. Yeah. My son watched it with us. Mm-hmm. He turned his eyes during you know the boobage shots. <laughs> I guess it is a little uncomfortable watching nudity with your parents. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little weird. Yeah. It, it was with me. Even yeah. even now, if my mom's over. <laughs> you don't like, put on pornos when your mom's over? No, 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 no. <laughs> no matter how much she begs for them. No. <laughs> 
No, Mom, we're not going to watch Deep Throat again. I'm sorry, Mom. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Eric. Eric, that's again? John Jeremy. <laughs> John Jeremy. Jeremy. He's hung like a horse. Oh. Well, Eric, I really appreciate you coming in. Oh, my pleasure. So thanks to you for listening, and please don't forget to like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash screenfacts. Let us know if you have any questions or comments. Again, you can tweet me at Jason Davis Voice or email screenfacts at yahoo.com. If you enjoy the show, please help us out by rating and commenting on iTunes. You can also order ScreenFacts merchandise if you want to support the show on the podcast page of jasondavisvoice.com. Show theme music by audionautics.com, thanks to wickedradionetwork.com, and our announcer Kim from kimsvoice.com. ScreenFacts with Jason Davis is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, narration, promo, internet video, e-learning or training program, and more. Click on the podcast page to get information about where you can download and listen to past episodes. Listen again next Wednesday for a new episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis.